have also. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motor Studio is mobile today at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club, part of the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department, great deals to be had. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, we'll get to Micah Parsons and the schedule in a moment. I want to point out that our guy over here, Matt Catrillo, walked out there on 17 and knocked home a big-time birdie putt. Oh, that yeah. was a beauty. Way that was go. my shot of the day right there. That was, and it was right on the mark. It was beautiful. It's a great shot. We were just talking about you. <laughs> we were just talking about you. <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> hey, you should be feeling the love. <laughs> As always, all right. Let's uh, so uh, let's do this in two parts. Let's start first with the Micah Parsons part. This is college football 2020. This is the way it is. A lot of people years ago looked at Jadavian Clowney and thought Clowney should probably sit out his junior year, which he did not. He ended up being the first overall pick in the draft. But to be honest with you, his junior season was good, not great at South Carolina. Uh, now, with everything going on, with still the uncertainty about the season, but we'll get to that in a moment, the coronavirus pandemic and so forth, Mike, I think, has weighed everything and looked at it and said, you know what, I'm just going to get ready for the draft. Now, the one negative I will say about it, the one negative I would say, is that there is going to be a realization that when he plays his first preseason game, uh, about a year from now, it'll be 19 and a half months since he played a game. All right? Now, that could be for everybody. It could turn out to be for everybody based on how this season is. But other than that, when a guy is going to be a top 10 pick at worst and might be a top 5 selection, you got to look out for what you're doing. Now, Micah has been practicing. Micah practiced on Monday. Right? He did practice as late as Monday. But he did not practice yesterday. So he's made up his mind as to what he wants to do. And now, when you're getting generational talents, and that's what James Franklin's doing, you know, you get talent that you can develop. You get talent that's generational that you also can make better. Saquon Barkley, a generational talent, goes to the NFL after three years. Well, maybe Miles Sanders is not a, quote, generational talent, but he's a pretty darn good talent. He goes to the NFL after three years. Now here's Micah Parsons. Again, when you're recruiting the Zion Williamsons in football, Mike Krzyzewski expects Zion Williamson after one year to go to the NBA draft. When you're looking at, obviously, somebody like Micah Parsons, you felt fortunate under the rules he could play a third year for you. Well, he's decided that he's going to – thank you, Mark. Uh, he's going to forego it and just work and get ready for the draft. 
Nick Bosa essentially did the same thing for Ohio State two years ago. Essentially, after he got hurt in the TCU game, he then in October decided to leave. So he's a generational talent, great player. You'd love to see him come back and play one more year. Obviously, any Penn State fan would, no doubt about it. But that's not how things work today. And it does open the door for Jesse Lucchetta. It opens the door for Lance Dixon. It opens the door for Charlie Catcher. There's still a lot of talent on that defense. But obviously, a chess piece like that is a dynamic chess piece to have when you can, when every single play they're looking out saying, okay, where's 11? Where's 11? And that's the kind of talent he happens to be. So, believe me, you're going to have to come up with other ways of doing it. But for Micah Parsons in 2020, along with Rashad Bateman, Caleb Fairley of uh, Virginia Tech, that's the play they want to make. So now you move forward with what you have. Which now brings us to the next part. They can go to training camp now. And they go to training camp, I think, starting Friday. Because the opening game is now set for September 5th in Beaver Stadium. Tomorrow, Sandy Barber and others in the athletic department will hold a press conference. I'm going to assume to talk about what the arrangements are going to be in Beaver Stadium. I can't begin to guess as to whether they'll let fans in or a percentage of fans or what they've talked to about with the governor. Uh, But they'll talk about more of that tomorrow, so we'll have more detail on that tomorrow to discuss. But the schedule is there, and the 10th game for Penn State is going to be Illinois. And they put that 10th game at the end. I thought they were going to front load the schedule with division games. Right now, the schedule is sort of front-loaded. You open with a Western Division game in Northwestern. Then you play at Indiana. Then you play at Michigan. Then you got Michigan State. Then you go back to the West and play Iowa, which is at home. So they mixed it up a little bit, and that's not quite what I was hearing. I was hearing they were going to try and front-load it and then go from there. Now, I think I saw that Michigan-Ohio State might be October 24th, I think, because I think Fox wants them to be a lead-in to the World Series, just like Penn State-Ohio State was the lead-in to the World Series two years ago. Penn State will play Ohio State November 7th in Beaver Stadium. There are three bye weeks built in. The third one is built in Thanksgiving weekend. So the last game scheduled is November 21st at Illinois. Then there's a bye weekend, which is a makeup weekend if you need to. And then the Big Ten Championship game is scheduled for December 5th. Is Ohio State, Michigan? Yes, it is the 24th. 24th. There you go. It'll be the first time since 1942 that the rivals will not play at the end of the season. Terrific. <laughs> but you know what? Penn State, Ohio State, though, the next week on the 7th, which is, I believe, when Penn two State weeks. was uh, two weeks later, two weeks. which I believe was supposed to be the first original match of when they were supposed to play, that's going to be all the more important, which is going to make that game just even better to to wait for, which is going to be great. Yeah. So, so they've been in camp. Today is the 11th walkthrough day. 
Uh, so they've done 10 of them. They're into the acclimation part of it. I know Keith Ergo's here today. The associate head coach of Penn State men's basketball is here at the tournament today. Men's basketball has been practicing since July 20th. And uh, Wednesday has been their designated off day anyway. So that's why Keith's here today because there was no practice today. But they've been practicing. Uh, so football and men's basketball continue to practice. Uh, I saw one TV report last night, not here, but in State College, talking about how six Big Ten teams have paused. Well, yeah, along the way there has been, but Ohio State's been back practicing for three weeks. Maryland's been back for two weeks practicing. Indiana got back last week and they're practicing. Right now the biggest problem is Rutgers. Hold the jokes at that table about Rutgers. (laughs) Hold the Rutgers jokes, all right? So that's the way it is. They've got a schedule out there. Now the goal is to play a game. The goal is to play a game. The second goal is to play a second game. And then you go from there. We'll see along the way if not just opt out, opting out this season. I want to see along the way if you have guys that have great freshman and sophomore years, if you might see a trend even in a healthy year without COVID-19, opt out. It's their choice. That's what they want to do. Like I said, Nick Bosa sort of got that started when he got hurt after the TCU game. He was out. He could have come back that season for Ohio State. He was supposed to be back by the end of October, although it was a serious injury. But he opted out the rest of the way, and then he left Ohio State. And, of course, you see what he's done with the 49ers. He's been tremendous. So Bateman's opted out. Fairley's opted out from Virginia Tech. Mike has now opted out with Penn State. Well, you lose a great player. And, by the way, Micah Parsons, I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, I really know Micah well, but I've talked to him a number of times over the last two years. I really like him. I really like him. And I hope he does great. Uh, I really do. Uh, and, you know, he's got to do what's best for Micah Parsons. He's got to do what's best for his family. And he'll start working out now for the NFL draft, get ready for what, they're, what they hope will be a combine, and then get ready for there will definitely be a draft. And like I said, at minimum, he's a top ten pick. And he very well might be a top five pick. And I know people want, um, I think people want to see some of the old days where you played four years, you redshirted, played a fifth. It's, it's just not the way it's going to be anymore. It's just not the way it's going to be anymore. And Pence, when you, look, for James Franklin, when you're recruiting generational talent they bring with it generational talent plays but they also bring with it generational next level talent that's part of what's happening in recruiting when you're recruiting that well you're going to lose guys early to the NFL draft but you're also recruiting well when you get a Jesse Lucetta Charlie Catcher a Lance Dixon a Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks, 
Okay, the Jacobs guy. The Jacobs kid's got a shot to be good. I mean, that's still. They just they just rattle off six linebackers, right? That's right. So and Jack Hams even said that himself, Steve, a while back when we talked about this, even before we even had an inch of what Micah Parsons' decision making was, that linebacker was going to be one of the the biggest key depositions of all the team right now heading into this year. No question. And uh, Jack's very high in the linebacking core. And he wasn't just high on what Micah Parsons could do. Look, Micah Parsons still is going to need work going to the next level. But I will say this about him. Number one, it's obvious he's a great athlete, great talent. Number two, he is somebody that works very hard. Number three, he's teachable. You cannot go back from the line of scrimmage, which is an unusual. Most guys go toward the line of scrimmage. A safety becomes an outside linebacker. An outside linebacker becomes a defensive end. It's rare when you go back from a defensive end spot in high school now playing linebacker in college. That's unusual. You have to be teachable to do what he's done. And Brent Pry and he worked really hard at this because now he's playing in space, and he had not played in space when he was in high school. It's the Micah Parsons I saw in spring practice 2018 is a far cry from the Micah Parsons I saw in the Cotton Bowl because he was trying to feel his way through a position. In fact, I was I thought it was remarkable seeing him from spring 2018 to preseason 2018. I thought, okay, now you can see those 15 practices meant a lot to him because now he's getting a better feel for it. And he got better and better as time went. Uh, and last year he had an outstanding season. He was a consensus first-team All-American. And now we have a schedule to go with it, and Sandy Barber and members of the athletic department will be talking with the media tomorrow. And we'll find out more about what arrangements they're considering for Beaver Stadium. Great to have you with us here today at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club, the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament to benefit the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Mark Lawrence is here. It must be a big show. (laughs) Listen to the crowd. Credit to him for setting up today. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome to the Susquehanna Valley Country Club, home of the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament to benefit the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Fun day today to benefit a great cause. This was supposed to take place in May. 
Then they thought about maybe August 12th. Then it got moved back today the 5th. Uh, a full field to take care of. Now, full field considering how we played it. I mean, there have, been, have there been more teams in the past? Yes. But there were certain restrictions as to how to play this, and it turned out that we had uh, just a great day for it. Are they going to draw the winner here in a few moments? Uh, great. So they're going to draw a winner here. It will be great. So that's for that $960 package. And, again, the proceeds benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA, and Adam Purdy's calling out the number. All right. With Steve Engel today, Craig Purdy today was in our group. We had a blast here today at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. Along the way, it turns out that there was a big news day with Micah Parsons. Everyone knows about the opting out. And then, of course, the Big Ten schedule release where the additional game for Penn State will be at Illinois on November 21st, the last game scheduled for the regular season. There are, I believe there are three bye weeks built in, but the third one you may not realize until you look at the schedule. The third one is actually after that last regular season game with Illinois. It is Thanksgiving weekend, November 28th, where if you have a need to make up a game and you can at the end, you can. And the Big Ten Championship game is still scheduled for December 5th at Lucas Oil Stadium. Mark Murphy, by the way, here's a side note for you. Mark Murphy, who runs the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field is going to put in a bid for the Big Ten Championship game. How about that? Huh? Okay. I don't care if it's outside. It's Lambeau Field. Yeah, come on. That's football. And it's early December. It's not like it's not like January, but Lambeau Field is going to put in a bid for the Big Ten Championship game. Do we have Andrew now? We are ready, I think. Andrew, thanks so much. Appreciate your patience, and uh, you always make the show better. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's start with Monday Night Football. It's an interesting situation with Monday Night Football, and that is, uh, as you expected and you told us about Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick being involved. Um, If there's no college football, say that were to happen, does that booth change? I think it's possible that it does change. I mean, that's what I've been reporting for a while. Um, And so, you know, as we get closer, though, and if there's no resolution, I mean, you're talking about Monday Night Football. At some point, you have to make an official announcement. ESPN still has right. not done that. Um, so I, I think it will be uh, the Levy, Greasy, Riddick crew. If something dramatic happened and there is no college football in terms of, uh, you know, us knowing about that sooner, ESPN really knowing about that, you know, in the relatively near future, then I could see them uh, maybe – uh, audibling and then going with Chris Fowler and Kirk Street, their number one college team. Uh, but, I mean, you know, with, you know better than I do if college is going to happen or not. And right. I do think it's still up in the air, but I don't think it's up in the air that it's going to take a while to sort itself out if it, if it does not happen. So I think they'll have to make a decision before then. Right. Uh, Lewis Riddick is interesting, Andrew. Uh, there are not many guys in this business that admit I didn't get it, and I was really disappointed. I'm going to go after it again someday. He did. What were your thoughts on him being added to the Monday Night Football broadcast? 
Although he could be good, uh, he is knowledgeable. Uh, he's done a lot in the league, so he has a lot of aspects covered in terms of understanding from the inside. Um, now, so those are the positives. Um, he is a little serious, I think, on the air. Um, and so, again, you don't necessarily have to be uh, cracking jokes every second when you're doing Monday Night Football or football game, uh, but <laughs> it is kind of personality-driven. Um, and so, um, you know, I think when you look at Lewis Riddick, you have to say, well, how will he adapt with that? And the other thing is, and ESPN just continually makes this mistake, in my opinion, is that it's Monday Night Football, and you're putting together a booth again, which has worked one game together. They did the Monday night, the early Monday night game last year, but they have not worked together, the three of them, um, continuously. And so, it, 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 you know, Monday Night Football, you think of a high bar, uh, one of the most prestigious sports broadcast booths, you know, of all time. Even, you know, it's, it's lost some prestige in recent years, but. Uh, it is Monday night, and so you know that on-the-job training for a trio is not. I think on-the-job might be a little too strong, but trying to, to mesh uh, in front of a national audience, uh, I just don't know why they don't think a little bit further ahead. I, I, and if, if this was something maybe you'd have in mind, and that I would have had Greasy Riddick and Steve Levy work college last year, like why not do that all last year? Right. In other words. And what you're talking about, and I know when I talk to my students at Penn State, I tell them this all the time. There's a couple things I can't teach you. One is I can't tell you the surefire way to get a job. I lay that out for them right away. But number two is I can't teach you what chemistry is. You either have it or you don't. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. But I also think chemistry is built. It doesn't just happen overnight. And so if you look at ESPN's, you know, probably most successful TV talk show is PTI with Tony Kornheiser yes. and Michael Wilbon. Now, that show, Agreed. has it been so successful because they were big names in terms of nationally beforehand? They weren't big names nationally before the show started. So that's number one. Number two, a lot of people talk about the format of the show. And it was good. And putting a rundown on the side of the screen is a creative idea that's now been copied and it's just normal for a lot of programs that you see but but then was innovative but i think you could throw all that out the window and i think when you look at why that show's been so successful is because Kornheiser and wilbon both were columnists the washington post they worked in an office together where they're arguing every single day about all these things and now you just put that on tv so the chemistry was built in before they ever did a program. These guys could say anything to each other. They knew where each other was going to go. And I think that is really, really important. And so I think this Monday Night Booth could be good. What I wrote in my column last week was, you know, ESPN was looking for a franchise quarterback. And they spoke to – they wanted to, to offer Tony Romo $140 million. They uh, talked to Peyton Manning once again. And this is the crew they're looking like they're going to end up with. Uh, and these guys are game managers, not franchise quarterbacks. That's not terrible, but it's just it's safe, perhaps. Uh, but it's not um, the, that home run hitter that they're looking for. It's Brock Osweiler. Uh, so. <laughs> well, they don't, I mean, I don't want to disrespect Brock Osweiler, but, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not, yeah, I mean, that's it's not bad. It's, how about we give them, um, 
David Woodley. Would that be better? That'd be yeah, good. Yeah, David Woodley. Hey, David Woodley at least was a starting quarterback at a Super Bowl once. That's so. what I mean. But he was a game manager. He lost his job to a guy yep. named Ben Marino shortly later. But that's good. That's good. That's good. Don Strzok in the back of him. There you go. Yeah. I mean, at least we didn't go to Rex Grossman. All right. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, when they sit down to negotiate the new TV packages, and for every entity, that will be part of the formula that brings everybody financially back. Is Thursday Night Football the most vulnerable package, in your opinion, or not? Yeah, I would probably say so. I mean, that one's moved so much. It's been with NBC, it's been with CBS, now Fox. You know, made a big commitment to it. Um, and. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they've, they've gotten top dollar for it. Um, so, yeah, could that one move? Yeah, I think so. But I thought wants to be in football as much as it can be. So I'm not positive that that one will leave. I do think the big, the big story going in, and these things change, uh, but ABC, ESPN, Disney wants the Super Bowl. Um, and I don't see how um, they shouldn't be able to make a pretty good case that they pay more than anybody. And now the cable rights fees, you know, you're not, they're not making as much money cable-wise. And so they're paying a premium and not getting as great a product. You know, Monday Night Football, it's okay, but Sunday Night Football gets better games. And then really the best packages probably are the Sunday afternoons on CBS and Fox uh, because that late window does really the highest rating of any of the games So on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and so I think... ABC, ESPN, Disney will make a run, probably at CBS's package. I would not be surprised if they try to get CBS's package. Uh, that's number one. And number two, if, if they don't do that, though, maybe they add some sort of, maybe they add something in there where they get a smaller game. Maybe the, you know, they're going to, you know, no pandemic, let's just say. We get past this at some point. And they do these European games, you know, um, every week. And maybe that's a right. ABC package or something. And then yet, and you throw in a Super Bowl, you combine it all up, and you know it's fifty trillion dollars. You know, Disney gives them. Between the two of us, you would know what the limitations are in the package is better than I would. But I've always felt, from the outside looking in, that ESPN's biggest mistake, and this comes with the college football playoff too, is that they've got ABC as an option and they never use it except for the NBA. Well, that was because it's, you know, it has, the, the reason they don't do that for Monday Night Football, at least for this contract, now the next one might be different, I think it very well could be different, is that it's, just, it's tied into the cable fees. And so uh, I think in the last contract they did with most of the cable companies, they changed it, so it wasn't as much um, to do with uh, having the NFL games on ESPN, but they couldn't just put them on ABC. Now, they did it for the wild card, the playoff game, Again, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not positive when you get all the way to the weeds, the, the exact reasoning, but there, there is something there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you see where TV is going, it's going to away from cable. Again, cable's not dead yet. Everyone wants to just kill it off, but it's, it's, it's long from dead just yet. Um, but it is going to either broadcast television, so free over-the-air commercial um, TV, uh, or streaming with your Netflix and everybody else now has their own subscription service. And so those are the two ways it's going. And that middleman cable 
it kind of either you're going direct to consumer or you have a free over the air all you need are bunny antenna and you can watch it and you reach the most people right. and the audience especially for football is so large so um you know cable get a little bit squeezed but again it's not going anywhere especially if it has football i mean and that's why it's right. so valuable and that's why the nfl will get so much money i mean espn still has what 80 plus million subscribers Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think it's a little, maybe it's a little less, but around that number, let's just say 80, and they're paying, you know, $7 per person. Per. And you do the math. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, per month. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, that's pretty good. That's, uh, we're still, at that math is still more than half a billion dollars per month to coming in in cable fees. That's before they sell an ad. Andrew, obviously, uh, broadcast networks have had to do what they need to do during the pandemic. So, obviously, you're getting a lot of studio-based play-by-play. How well have they done with that so far, in your opinion, considering the obvious limitations? Yeah, I think they've done well. Um, I think when you listen to these games, uh, I think you can maybe tell a little bit, but you have to look for it. It's hard because there's no crowd and I think some have done better with uh, adding the virtual sound. I think Fox has done a good job with it among, uh, you know, compared to, to, to most others. I think the NBA look is amazing. Uh, but I think guys have done, gals have done a pretty good job in terms of in do, doing the games. I do think that, I, I think you don't want any canned, you don't want to be fake, but I do think that, you need to bring a little more energy with no fans. And I think most, for the most part, most of the announcers have done that uh, just because yeah. there's just, um, you know, everyone loves the sport, but there, there is a deadness to some of it. Um, and if you don't, if, uh, the play-by-play guy now, this is good for you. The play-by-play guy is going to be more valued, I think, in the next few years because of the importance of games and just, you know, especially during the pandemic, how announcers kind of help uh, the enjoyment of the viewer. Now, people say, well, they're not really, they don't bring, it doesn't bring one extra person. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily bring in one extra person, but in terms of your sport and how you uh, present it, I just think, um, especially when people are getting introduced, I think sports like soccer, you know, it's easy to see it, um, is that when you have announcers who are really good or on top of it, it really adds to the event um, and can bring viewers in, in my opinion. Um, and then, again, these sports, the baseball, the football, they're more popular in our country. And so um, it's not as obvious, but I do think if you get the right broadcast, it does make a difference for uh viewers yeah i know i've been interviewed by a couple of people who have asked me about the possibility of doing games with no fans and they said look i said when you do what we do for a living in basketball for example sometimes i have to do a holiday tournament in cancun i've got to do a holiday tournament in orlando and it's 10 o'clock in the morning there's nobody there yep. so you 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 bring your, so it's not like we don't have experience doing it we do to bring energy. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Ian Eagle here in New York, uh, he said, he was asked about it, and he said, yeah, he broadcast the New Jersey Nets back in the mid-90s, so he has experience uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's experienced calling games without fans. <laughs> That's a great line. Andrew, always a pleasure. Our best to you. Thanks so much uh, for joining us, making the show better as always. 
Thanks, Steve. Be well. You too. Andrew Marchand, New York Post. We'll come back with more Susquehanna Valley Country Club. Great to have you with us on a gorgeous Wednesday, on a great day to make some money for the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. As they're announcing winners here, I feel like I'm interrupting him. And what bothers me is the crowd thinks he's the better broadcaster. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us here at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. Phil Steele coming up in the next half hour. 352 glorious pages of, uh, of insert on college football, already on his big board list. On his big board list, his number one corner, Caleb Farley, has opted out. His number five wide receiver, Rashad Bateman, has opted out. His number one linebacker, Mike Parsons. <laughs> he's doing good. No, he's rated them high. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing a show, man. <laughs> Uh, so, that's what he's done to this point. I know I'm killing you here. I won? Wow. Wow, there must have been only three teams. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, yeah, All right. Unbelievable. I feel like we're stealing. <laughs> wow. That's great. Let's see. What did we win here? All right. Spires, September 1st, 2021. Well, good. Well, there's yours. Sweet. There's yours. we got to get it to Craig Purdy and to uh, Angle? Steve Angle. Yeah. Angle. All right. You get yours here. <laughs> the whole package is $100, so we gave you five. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Craig Purdy? Oh, I signing autographs. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, I'll bring it over to him myself. It's like it's like walking over and talking to Tiger Woods. How about that? We won third place, baby. A bronze medal, and I contributed. It's his putt <laughs> on 17. They did it. <laughs> All right, now this table, which is mad at me, we're going to a news break. 
You can stop being mad. <laughs> 